Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this time of worship. Whether you are listening in your car, under the tent, listening to a podcast, however you are getting this service, welcome very much. Jason is having, has been having a week's vacation so that's why you don't see him here today, and you certainly don't see me on the roof. So, uh, a few announcements, and I hope people brought their lunches today, because you can see tables are set up that we may have a picnic lunch after worship is over. So feel free to hang out and visit with one another. Um, Next Sunday on the 13th, there will be a brief congregational meeting immediately following the service for uh, electing some deacons and some other quick business that needs to be done. So just plan on staying for just a few minutes after worship next Sunday. Also, you will notice in your bulletin is an envelope for the deacon's offering. And that will also be received next Sunday to go into the deacon's ministry use. So remember to bring that. That is the announcements for today. So now I would like to use Psalm 51 to call us to a time of worship. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Pray with me. Grant us, O Lord, the grace always to do and think what accords with your purpose, that we who cannot exist without you, may be enabled to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins or repay us according to our iniquities. Standing on God's promise, let us confess our sins against God and neighbor together. Almighty God, you love us, but we have not loved you. You call, but we have not listened. We walk away from neighbors in need, wrapped in our own concerns. We condone evil, prejudice, warfare, and greed. God of grace, help us to admit our sin, so that as you come to us in mercy, we may repent, turn to you, and receive forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Do not fear, says the Lord, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God is doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. By the grace of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. We're going to wake you up a little bit. It's time to worship. I am I've come to find you Here I am to see your grace Bring to you offering I have to ask myself one thing How can I do anything but praise I Okay, here I am. Here I am. I've come to thank you. Here I am. A life of change. Because you gave. Because you gave your life for me. You crucified your son for me. How can I do anything but pray? Of everything, I want my life to 
Well, do you feel awake at all? Let me hear a horn beep. Are you? Yes. Let's continue. Neighbors appreciate that. I see the work of your hands, galaxies spinning a heavenly dance, oh God, all that you are is so overwhelming. I hear the sound of your voice, all at once it's a gentle and thundering noise, oh God, all that you are so overwhelming I delight myself in you captivated by your beauty I'm overwhelmed I'm overwhelmed by you God I run into your arms unashamed because of mercy I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you. I know the power of your cross, forgiven and free forever. You'll be my God, all that you've done so overwhelming. Sing it out, I delight. I delight myself in you, in the glory of your presence. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you. God, I run into your arms, unashamed because of mercy. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed. are beautiful oh god there is no one more beautiful sing it jeff you are wonderful you are wonderful oh god there is no one more wonderful you are wonderful you are wonderful oh god there is no one more wonderful oh god the most wonderful sing you are glorious you are glorious you are glorious oh god there is no one more glorious you are glorious god you are the most glorious sing i delight i delight myself in you devoted by your beauty I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you. God, I run. God, I run into your arms, unashamed because of mercy. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed. Thank you, band. Thank you so much. You know, the past several Sundays, as we've studied John's letters, we've heard the phrase, we love because he first loved us. All of these epistles has emphasized our response 
to God's work in Jesus Christ. We are to respond with love because of the love we have received from God. Ephesians chapter 4 urges us to lead a life worthy of the calling to which we have been called. Listen now to the scriptures, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O oh God, by your Holy Spirit, tell us what we need to hear, and show us what we ought to do to obey Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Chapter 4 begins with the word, therefore. Whenever we see that word in scripture, it is an automatic link to what has been said before. It is one of those passages that I like to think of as if and then. If this is true, then this should result. The Greek translation defines the word these things being so, then. So we really cannot begin to look at chapter 4 without seeing what chapters 1 through 3 are telling us in preparation for the therefore. Ancient moralists held that people should be reminded of what they know so that they will act accordingly. This was Paul's approach. Chapters 1 through 3 remind the church at Ephesus of all that Jesus had done on their behalf. In Matthew 28 and the Great Commission, the disciples had witnessed the risen Savior and believed. And Jesus' final words were, Go, therefore, and do. Chapters 1 through 3 are the doctrine chapters, giving the truths of the gospel. Chapter 4 is the practical application of that doctrine. Faith stated to faith applied. What we have in Christ to what we are to do in Christ. These three chapters tell us in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us, and the promise of hope and the glorious inheritance among the saints. And in chapter 2, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. We can't bake enough cookies or sing enough hymns or make enough hospital visits, read enough Bible or give enough money to be saved. The gift of grace is freely given. All we need do is accept it. Paul writes, for what we are, what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Redemption, saved by grace alone, adopted as a child of God, 
created for good works, access to God through Jesus Christ. And then chapter 3 concludes with an emphasis on God's great love. God calls us to be his special people, living in his love and walking in the good works he has called us to do. He calls us into fellowship with Christ and other believers. He calls us to believe the good news of salvation through Christ. Then God calls us to join with him in the work of restoring the broken world. We are meant to be participants in God's work of salvation and restoration. We are not just observers, but participants. As when Jesus called the disciples, he said to them, Come, follow me. I have tasks for you to do. They believed and they followed. Chapters 4 through 6 list 35 directives on how to conduct themselves. We are not covering all of them. In chapter 2, Paul writes that we were created for good works, which God intended to be our walk or our way of life. When we say yes to God's invitation to faith, we are saying yes to God's call to live our lives in light of all that God has done and will do. We are to live in an attitude of gratitude. The call of God may come to us through human voices. It may also come through a scripture passage, a choir anthem, a particular sermon, a talk with friends, a podcast. As we hear the good news about Jesus, our hearts hear God calling us into a relationship with him. Paul uses the language of calling to describe what happens when we first put our faith in Christ. Thus, Christians can be described as those who are called. In American Sign Language, they use the sign for Christ and person to sign Christian, a Christ person. We are Christ persons or Christians because God has called us to believe the good news. When Paul wrote to Timothy, he spoke about having a holy calling, one that comes from God, called to believe and to serve others in God's name. Some translations use the phrase, saved us and called us to a holy life. Such a call is not designated solely for people with religious titles. This calling is for all who belong to Christ by grace through faith. When we say yes to God's invitation to faith, we are saying yes to God's summons to live our life in light of all that he has done through Christ. Paul openly tells them that he is writing from prison. In doing so, he is telling him that his message is a cause worth suffering for and hoping they see its importance. Paul's instructions begin with an impassioned plea. I beg of you, I beseech you, We can assume that Paul is encouraging Christians in a way of life already begun. He reminds them that they are not the same people that they once were. They are now citizens 
with the saints and also members of the household of God with all the behaviors that are expected of such. In verse 17, he states, you no longer walk as the Gentiles walk. The words walk and lead a life are interchangeable. The Greek word peripateo translates to live or conduct oneself. We too are expected to walk in a different way once we decide to follow Christ. We are to live as ones worthy of the gift that we have been given, worthy of the calling to which we have been called. At our baptism, we are named Christians, followers of Christ, disciples. We wear that name Christian, and we answer to that name and are expected to live like Christians. We know that others have a higher expectation of us. I beg you, Paul says, leave a li- live a life worthy of the name that you bear in all dimensions of your life. I heard an interesting little story. A police officer was escorting a woman back to the booking desk, and he said, I'm very sorry for this mistake, ma'am. You see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn, flipping off the guy in front of you and cussing a blue streak at him. I noticed the What Would Jesus Do bumper sticker, the Choose Life license plate holder, the Follow Me to Sunday School sticker, and the chrome-plated Christian fish emblem on the trunk. So naturally, I assumed you had stolen the car. (laughs) More is expected of Christians. So... What is the calling we have been called for? How are we to walk as Christians? How do we lead worthy lives? Paul's message is that believing and serving go hand in hand. Paul tells the Ephesians and us that we are to strive for unity in the body of Christ to use the gifts that we have been given, and to exhibit the characteristics of humility, gentleness, patience, and forbearance, and to do everything in love as we have been loved. Conversion was seen as transformation from the old human into the new or exchanging vices for virtue. He encourages us to be imitators of God. The first characteristic he emphasizes is that of unity. One body, many members. Unity with other believers making us one in Christ. He wants to see the Christians working together with common goals as the body of Christ. His goal is to see a spirit binding people together in a common effort to build up the human and church community. E pluribus unum, out of many, one, is the motto of the United States. It originally referred to the diverse American colonies' desire to unite into one nation. However, Ephesians implies that E Pluribus Unum might be one of the Christian church's motto as it speaks of unity and being many diverse parts of one body. It reminds its readers that a wide variety of people with many gifts and interests make up Christ's church, the body of Christ. One doesn't just exist 
as a part of the body, but it is necessary to function. We know how our bodies are lacking when one part doesn't work. If the eyes don't see or the ears hear or the feet move as they should, so it is in the body of Christ. We each must do our part for the unity of the whole body. The listed virtues are not to be considered for the saints alone, but for all Christians who seek to follow Jesus. In a world that seemingly seems to embrace arrogance, violence, and short-temperedness, God, through Paul, calls Christians to embrace humility, gentleness, and patience. Remember that Jesus described himself as gentle and humble. Are you the same? When we look at Mother Teresa and others like her who serve the poorest of the poor, or those who go to the ghettos of large cities, the soup kitchens in our cities, we see that those are mostly served by Christians who have answered the call. Throughout the world, hospitals, hospices, clinics, and schools have been built because there was a need, because Christian people responded to people in need, in love, as Jesus would have done. Now, you don't need to build a hospital in Timbuktu. There is much to be done right here. When church members labor on building houses for Habitat for Humanity, or fill boxes for Operation Christmas Child, they are living the therefore. When you bring food in for the pantry or donate to special causes, when you spend hours on Sunday mornings erecting tents and setting up chairs and then taking them down again. We love because he first loved us. In our church here, there is need for members on various committees and positions. Is God calling you to serve in this way? To serve coffee on Sunday mornings? to teach the children at VBS, to help with the Building and Grounds Committee and their many responsibilities to maintain our place of worship, to invite a friend to church, to offer to drive someone who can no longer drive themselves to church, call someone that you haven't seen for a while, Send notes or cards. Share produce from your garden or trees. Take your neighbor's trash cans in for them. Even getting the vaccine or wearing a mask shows love for others. The way we walk is seen in how we treat others. More is expected out of Christians. To cultivate the characteristics Paul is speaking of, we must follow practices that support and encourage these behaviors. We start with prayer, worshiping regularly, reading and learning from scriptures, serving, fellowship with Christians, and being generous. These all contribute to spiritual growth. You don't need to go to seminary or prepare for mission work abroad. You are called to brighten the world where you are, to touch lives as Jesus would have, to love one another. We who are called Christians are given the task of living as followers of Jesus. We are called to use our diverse gifts for the good of the whole body. 
as my son once said many years ago after a forest home trip, I learned it's not enough to just say you are a Christian. You have to act it. In the 1700s, evangelist John Wesley put it well when he said, do all the good you can by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Love one another. Amen. Gracious God, thank you once again for calling us to yourself and into your service. Thank you for the opportunities we have to live out our calling each day. Thank you for encouraging us in the way of humility, gentleness, patience, and forbearance. Thank you for your gift of love that leads us to respond to our world with love. Help us to be like Jesus. Amen. Now, as we prepare for the offering, um, Sharon, did you want to share any information on those that are listening in the podcast on where they yes. can Yes. Yes. I would. I'll, I'll say my part, and then you got it back. As we come to this time of receiving our offerings, I just want to make sure that everyone who may be listening at home knows that if you wish to mail it in, mail it to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, Post Office Box 2128, Costa Mesa, 92628. For those of you who are here, you can leave them in the offering plate, either at the stations or, or on your way out. But we are reminded that the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it. Let us present to God our lives and offerings, grateful for the gifts we have been given. Okay, Danny. The song that we're going to sing for the offertory, we did a couple, um, a couple of weeks ago. So this is a reminder, but we, we brought it back today because the words that we sing, um, this is a very familiar song for all of us, are just a great summarization of uh, everything that Sharon spoke about today. And uh, so really digest the words as you sing this uh, and implement this into your life. Here we go. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that all unity may one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. By our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. other we will walk hand in hand we will walk with each other we will walk hand in hand and together we'll spread the news that god is in our land and they'll know we are christians by our love by our love yes they'll know we are christians by our by side we will work with each other we will work side by side and we'll guard each man's dignity and save each other's pride and they'll know we are christians by our love by our love yes they'll know we are christians by our
Gabriel, last verse. All praise to the Father from whom all things come, and all praise to Christ Jesus, His only Son, and all praise to the Spirit who makes us one. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Let's sing that chorus again. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our to this communion table, we approach in gratitude for all that God has done for us through Jesus Christ. Our prayer of thanksgiving recalls Christ's actions in our redemption. When we lift the cup or break the bread, we are reminded that Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And so we do. Jesus calls us to come. And so we approach this table of our risen Lord and come into his presence. We come as Christians, as Christ people, united with other Christians who share this sacrament. You have all received the pod with the elements, the bread and the drink in it. So have that at your readiness and join me now in a prayer of thanksgiving. It is truly right and our greatest joy to give thanks and praise to you, eternal and triune God. You spoke the world into being. Your word became flesh in Jesus Christ. By your spirit, you made us your people. When we were lost in sin, you found us, sending us your prophets and even your own son. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with choirs of angels and with all the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Born of Mary, he came to dwell among us, full of grace and truth. He forgave our failures, healed our hurts, and gave himself in utter sacrifice for those he loved. After three days, you raised him from the dead, that we might never die. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, that we may be one with all who share this feast. United in ministry, in every place. As this bread is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, Almighty God, forever and ever. Amen. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in 
and eat with you and you with me. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus, after giving thanks, took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you for the forgiveness of sins. Take, eat, and do so in remembrance of me. And so we say to you, take, eat, and do so in remembrance of all that Jesus has done. In the same way, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink, do so in remembrance of me. Every time we eat this bread and drink this cup, we do so and proclaim the saving death of Jesus Christ until he comes again. Take and drink. Please pray with me. Loving God, you graciously feed those who partake in your holy mystery with the bread of life and the cup of eternal salvation. May we who have received this sacrament be strengthened in your service. May we who have sung your praises tell of your glory and truth. May we who have witnessed the greatness of your love see you face to face one day in your kingdom. For you have made us your own people by the death and resurrection of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the life-giving power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. We have read the scripture, heard the message proclaimed, even sang the message. Now we go forth to live the message, to love as we have been loved. Receive this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace today and every day. Amen. And let's sing together to close. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.